You're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Brandon Elliott. I'm excited today. We have a special guest coming from the East Coast. This gentleman has really inspired me, you know, and we're all about educating, motivating, and then preparing you to take action in real estate. This guy has, he's on the East Coast, right in New York area. And I go to school. So I go to school in Massachusetts. I'm from Massachusetts. New York. Right? Yeah, yeah. So New York, you're from originally, and then you're, you, you go to school in Massachusetts as well. So right there, but you have a unique type of background, right? You're 18 years old at this point. You're very interested in real estate. I wanted to kind of pick your brain on what's going through your mind as an 18-year-old trying to get ready and prepare yourself for real estate investing. You created a small group, about 90 people at this point, that are investing in real estate or other assets like stock market and, and so forth with you. And you also have a couple books that you've done in the past as well to motivate some other people as well, which is pretty awesome. So Jack, I appreciate you for jumping on with me. Anybody out there that doesn't know your situation, do you mind just diving in a little bit of who you are, where you're from, and, and what you're about, what you're passionate about? Yeah, totally, Brandon. So as is, like we said, my name's Jack. I grew up in New York, just now got to college. I'm a freshman at Babson College in Massachusetts, a little close to Boston for all of you who know okay. where I'm so I started something called the Young Investors Club when I turned 14 years old, my freshman year of high school. And basically, my idea there was I was looking for a way to invest alongside other teenagers. So I, I didn't do it through the school. I basically went outside of the school and I said, hey, let me try and put together a group of kids. We're all going to a thousand bucks. We're all going to invest together collectively and kind of build this group investment portfolio. At the time, I think still to this day, there's very few kids that have been to manage very few kids that have been able to do the exact same kind of thing because it's very difficult to get kids to put together real money. The idea behind starting the club was I was looking for a way to invest real money alongside other teenagers. There have been a ton of other ways to invest fake money through like everyone gets a fake hundred thousand dollars and you've all put it in the stock market. You see who's got a better return at the end of the year. But this way I wanted to invest real money alongside other teenagers where everyone put in real money. We manage it together, invest together, and hopefully grow it together. So that first year I got 20 other members in it. We had roughly $20,000 in assets, kept growing the club, sophomore year, junior year. By the time junior year had, we had about 40,000 in assets and about 40 members. And then that year, I was like, you know what? I like what we've done so far, but I want to take this thing to be the biggest and the best. So I said, by the end of this year, I want this to be the largest teen investing club in the country. And that year, we went really heavy recruiting mode, recruited member after member. And by the end of that year, we had over $110,000 in assets in the group investment portfolio close to 100 members, making us one of, that I'm aware of, the largest teen investing clubs in the country, if not the world, with real assets. I love it. Awesome. So what kind of inspired that? You know, did you have some family members or friends or, or were you watching a late night TV show? What actually sparked the interest? Yeah. So what got me interested in investing when I was younger was really my grandfather. He set up my first investment portfolio for me when I was eight years old. 
I actually dedicated my first book, Teen Investing, to him. If it weren't for him, I probably would have gotten investing either not all or much later on in life. He really got me started much earlier at eight years old. So he gave me a group of like a portfolio of stocks and said, here, Jack, you can decide what you want to do with these. You can also add money to this portfolio over time, grow the investments, et cetera. So kept growing that portfolio. And that's really how I built my own stock market portfolio. That was when I was eight years old. When I was 14, I decided I wanted to do this alongside other teenagers. And that's when I built the Young Investors Club and really grew that platform out. Love it. Have you had a job at this point? I had a job. Well, I mean, I guess you could say that real estate thing that I did over the summer, that could technically be counted as a job. But I didn't really think of that as a job. I mean, like I've never really had any kind of nine to five or working behind the counter kind of job, if that's what you mean. Okay. So no like summer jobs or anything except the one where you were working for a real estate company in New York and you were doing the cold calling? Yeah, exactly. No, other than that, I wouldn't say any real summer, like classic kind of kid jobs. Okay. So always have been basically in school or with your, your mindset focusing on let's get some money together. Let's get some money in the stocks and, and start making our money work for us. Yeah. Investing my own money and also running businesses outside of school to generate more money that I could invest. Like I mentioned to you earlier, when I was 12 years old, I started a vending machine business. That was really cool. Great nice. business for any teenager to start. Really simple business model. It's kind of like, I always thought of it as like a mechanical store. It's like a store without any employees. It's all automated. You can put it basically anywhere to sell products while you're totally away. You don't need any employees. You don't need to pay rent or anything like that. And yeah, it's a great business for really anyone to start, but particularly young people. So I ran that business. What kind of machines did you have and how many and what locations? Yes, I had a snack vending machine. I just had only had one location, but that one location was very profitable. And I ran that for three years. Every weekend, I would go to restock that and collect the money and then uh, restock it. Let's see what else I did. I also did some e-cops. That was when I was younger. What location was that exactly? It was in an office building. Office building. Okay. And how did you get that connection? So we knew the owners of the office building. So it was like a very nice, easy connection, but nevertheless, like a great money-making opportunity. I provided them a great service and they got all their, all the employees in the office building got a nice vending machine. Basically you, you took your own savings, your own money that you've accumulated over time and you purchased the. 1750, I believe. I didn't, I didn't have that much money at the time. So I had to borrow it from my dad, $1,750. I didn't pay him back any interest, but that's, that's, being nice. that's that family hookup. That's, that's good. that yeah. family hookup right there. There you yeah. go. <laughs> my dad didn't charge me interest. So I borrowed $1,750 from my dad, earned it all back in less than a year, and paid, him, paid off the full loan. And then from there, all the money was just mine. Yeah, I love it. And, and how long did it take? It took a year? It took like a little less than a year, yeah. Love it. Yeah. So we've actually started vending machine business in the past as well. And a lot of ours were in laundromats and that's where we had snacks as well as gumball machines and soda machines. And we had 10 different locations or 12 at one point and really just going around, you know, every couple of weeks and doing the rounds, collecting the money, making sure the machines are working good and filling up everything. And, you know, you yeah. can make some good money. You can make great money. It's an amazing business for a teenager because the one thing about vending machine business, you may have noticed this as well, it's a little hard to scale that kind of business. You can't, it's very hard to build a multi-million dollar or even a $1 million vending machine business. Definitely seen some people do it, but much harder to scale. But it is a great business for a teenager. I mean, you could make much more income than you can make from a summer job just owning one of those vending machine businesses. So 
amazing business recommend any teenager check out. Anyway, then, like I said, when I was a little older, I got into some e-commerce, did some Etsy yep. selling, made like a few thousand dollars selling products on Etsy in less than one month. So all of a sudden I was like, whoa, I don't even need to pay for any machine costs or anything like that. I could just, just click some buttons over the internet and make some money. Obviously a little harder than clicking some buttons, but I basically figured out how to use the internet to produce money off social media and other e-commerce avenues. That's some of my late, like later on entrepreneurial projects. Anyway, all of that ended up going into my stock market account and took the profits from that, invested them. And today, I mean, I'll tell you, I have over $100,000 in my own personal investment account at the age of 18. Nice. So what type of stocks do you typically focus on? Are you jumping into crypto as well, or is it just main Wall Street? Okay. So a lot of money is in Wall Street stocks. It's kind of been there for a long time. It's kept growing year after year. I mean, the whole stock market's been on a bull run ever since I got into the stock market. So I've been, I guess, really lucky. And so, yeah, a lot of it's just in general, blue chip, solid stocks, Amazon, S&P 500, Berkshire Hathaway, Blackstone, really strong companies. Berkshire Hathaway is one of my favorites. And then you mentioned crypto. I do have some crypto as well, but that's kind of a smaller investment. That's just kind of like a new investment I wanted to get involved in to be stamped with the trends. But yeah, crypto's crypto's been cool. Okay, nice. And that's your own personal accounts that you're playing around with. And then are you said you're managing about 120000 for other individuals? So, okay. So I don't directly manage that. The club's assets. So the club manages 120. I started the club. And yeah, the club all invests in the stock market. And yeah, it's basically each member owns their proportion of that 120, whatever they put in. And then let's say it's like, let's say they invest in a $100,000 pot and they invested $100,000 in it. They own 1% of the pot. So if the pot's now worth 120, their investment's now worth 1,200, basically. That's how it works. And yeah, I started that club. Nice. Awesome. So how many, do you have board members involved in that? And yeah, we have some adults who got involved early on. We had like a sponsor for many years that was a large financial institution and they sponsored the club. They gave us a conference room, legal, financial, everything like that. It's kind of helped with the back end of running the club. Yeah, that's those are the adults that were involved. They were really instrumental. Yeah, man, that's cool. That's very inspiring. So let's talk about real estate for a second. So for real estate, your only taste that you've experienced thus far, and I know it's just the beginning, but... You ended up partnering or working with a company for the summer just about a year or so ago, a couple of years ago, um, yep. doing cold calling, right? Yep. Got started off on the phones like many of us. Tell me exactly how you got that opportunity and then what did that look like for you? Yeah. So we met this we met this person that was involved with a company, actually like a different side of the company. They were more involved in the operations side of the company. But the company also had an investment arm and the investment arm invested in real estate, large New York City company. And they were investing in some Florida real estate. So I connected with that person and they said, hey, why don't you come like work with us this summer? And I was like, oh, I'm not doing anything else this summer. Might as well get some experience under my belt. And this was in the summer of 2019. So basically they owned a, they purchased property in Tampa, Florida. And they wanted to buy some other property nearby the property that they purchased. So they're like, oh, we got this kid in the office. Let's, let's use him. So, so I cold called all the property owners that own property, like within walking distance of this property that they own, asking if they'd be interested in selling. Uh, it was primarily retail property, actually, because that was the area that they bought the property. And cold called property owners, obviously 98% of oh, FU, whatever. <laughs> and the 2% though was enough to, to bring some solid, uh, what's it called, offers to them. So we put in offers on the property. We, I modeled out the property and kind of presented 
the different opportunities I found to the investment board there. Nice. And were you involved in any type of deals with them? Any closings? No, no closings. The only furthest we got was an offer on two different properties. I was actually, we were involved in some property closings that were already like in place before I got there. So I helped them with some of those like, Hey, can you put together a model for this? Can you help us finish out some paperwork for this? But those were like kind of ready in motion. Sure. Okay. I love it. And what was that experience like? You know, was it enjoyable, stressful, something you could see yourself doing in the future? You know, what does that look like? Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't describe it as either enjoyable or stressful. I'd just say like treat it like any other job, you know, pick up the phone, call on property owners. It was definitely interesting to kind of hear directly from the market and really developing some re- relationships in that market. Like one guy would be like, oh, I don't know, but talk to these people. They own a lot of property here. And so kind of like putting together those connections and uh, making those relationships is really instrumental. And I think it taught me a lot about just real estate investing in general. Yeah. I love it. You definitely have a good head on your shoulders, to say the least. You talk very intelligently and obviously you're raised right, apparently. You know, something happened along the way. I'm curious to see what does your daily activities look like? Because I'm sure you're going to succeed one way or the other. And yeah. I'm just, it's exciting being at 18 years old. You know, you have the whole world. Yeah, we all do at the end of the day, but but you, you're at a very great spot in life to have the whole world right now and so many choices, so many opportunities. So it's going to be exciting to see what you pick. Yeah, definitely. So, well, I mean, my latest project has been writing this book, Teen Entrepreneurship. Everyone out there to go get it for their uh, sons or daughters or any young people that they know. So I wrote my first book, Teen Investing, last year. That was after running the club, teaching members of that club for many years about investing. I was like, hey, want to put together all this information in a book and put it up on Amazon. So that book, Teen Investing, did really well. It became like one of the top selling books in the teenage investing category, Teen Investing by Jack Rosenthal on Amazon. And then more recently, like in, uh, I want to say March, less than a month ago, I wrote this newest book, Teen Entrepreneurship, which rather than investing is all about how teenagers can get involved in entrepreneurship at an early age and goes over principles and foundations that they should know relating to entrepreneurship. But anyway, going back to like your thing about like habits or principles, I think those are really important. One thing I've, I've liked to start doing is start going on runs. I think those are important. It seems like totally unrelated to business, but I found that those are really instrumental. I mean, like they're good for exercise. They're good for just kind of clearing your head, I think. You know, I think that those two just alone, it's, it's nice to kind of get a break from everything. Push everything away for a second. Don't look at your phone. Don't do anything. Just go on that run. And uh, yeah, that's something I started trying. That's something I started out doing lately and uh, hopefully I'll continue that in the future. Nice. Are you a big reader by any chance? Not a huge reader. I'd like to be more of a reader, but no, it's funny. I've written some books, but I don't read books that often. I wish I did, but I don't know. I just, I don't really read that often. Yeah. I encourage you, man. I encourage you to keep reading. You'll learn a whole course, a whole, you'll learn a ridiculous amount through books and it's the cheapest investment and something that pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, especially if you don't enjoy it. If you don't like it, you're going to find some good books out there that you'll learn a ton and it will help you out in so many areas of business for sure. Yeah, no, I definitely come across some really great books, but those have been like rare. Like when I find a really good book I like, I love that book and I like, I'll just like keep, I I really like reading it a lot. But yeah, those books are tough to find. Yeah, here's a good one. You got one for me? Yeah, I got got a good one for you right here. Action Driven. Action Driven. Is it written by, ah, oh, I was going to say, yeah. look through the author. <laughs> you'll, have to, you'll have to send me a copy or I'll buy one or something. As as you know, 
But on a serious note, have you read any real estate books? Anything to start sparking the interest? I want to oh. want to hear about your real estate yeah. future journey. Sam Zell, you ever hear that dog? Sam Zell. No, he's I'm big. Sure. He's big on the East Coast where I'm from. He he was from Michigan, and he built a one of the largest real estate portfolios at his time. It's called Equity Property, something like that. He ended up selling his whole portfolio to Blackstone for forty billion dollars. And the company that he built, I think he started with nothing, nothing at all. Really interesting story. He wrote a book, Sam Zell, I forget the exact, it's called like, Am I Being Too Subtle or something like that. It's an interesting name for a book, but tons of great information in there. Um, talked about how he started off buying real estate when he was, I want to say in college. I think the way that he did it, it's always really interesting hearing about it, is he found students that were going to rent from this guy that put up like a new building. And he was yeah. like the rental agent. And in exchange, he got like a unit or something for free that he could rent out and collect the profits on. And then he like partnered with that guy and started doing some deals with him and buying properties with them. Kept growing that all throughout college. And then I think he the first job he ever worked, he only worked one job in his life, he became a lawyer. So he worked as a lawyer at this uh, law firm, but then he was doing real estate on the side. And he started to basically just every single time he'd have a deal, he would give the law firm the legal business for that deal. And he started to eventually do so much more real estate and give them so much business that he was like responsible for giving the legal firm, like the majority of their clients and the majority of their business. And he originally got like a 50% commission on all the business he brought, but it was just himself. But then he started bringing them so much, they had to keep cutting it down. They're like, okay, now you're giving us too much. You're taking up too much money. You've only maybe 35%. And they cut it to 25%. And by the time he cut it 25%, he's like, no, no, that wasn't the deal. The deal is like a you know, 50% of what I bring in. So he eventually left the law firm and just did real estate totally on his own. And ever since then, he's built up a billion dollar real estate fan, a real estate portfolio. And I'm pretty sure today he's the largest owner of mobile homes or one of the largest owners of mobile home parks. Is there a Netflix special on this guy? I think I've, I've, I've seen something. There might be. There's a ton of documentaries on him. Yeah. Sam Zell, he's got a really interesting voice. Here we go. He's born in Chicago, but he did a lot of his real estate yeah. in Michigan. Equity. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. I love it. So for your own particular journey through real estate, have you decided on the type of strategy that you would like to kind of embark on? You know, first off, there's 30 plus different ways to make money in real estate, right? So yep. figuring out which strategy you really relate to, I think is a big key importance. Yeah. I mean, I'm a total novice when it comes to real estate. Like I did it for the firm and I was really helpful with them, but they're doing it like on such a different scale. They're bad, like million dollar property. Like it's almost like when it's such in a different universe like that, it's almost like none of it really relates to like back down where I am. So I have no idea exactly which avenue I'm going to go down. My guess is something in the single family to start off with, maybe trying to do like a fix and flip kind of thing. That would be my guess for the first one. Cause that's like a great way I can invest some of my personal sweat and equity into it not put up as much at first to begin with and make some healthy profit. Yeah. So my recommendation for you, just my two cents, my, <clears throat> my, my two seconds of uh, two cents is try to go for maybe a, a four unit complex or something with multiple units, still residential. So four units and under, and maybe you could do like a little house hacking, but get your credit up, build up your credit lines, utilize it, manage it well, and be educated on all that stuff to understand what the banks, what the lenders and underwriters are looking for. And then, yeah, get something to stress, build the relationships with wholesalers, with agents, try to get a pocket listing, try to get something on a discount in this tough market, you know, but don't be just, you know, 
held back or discouraged from the high numbers. You can always get creative and make things work. And and it sounds like you've been able to raise money in other avenues. So I'm sure you'll be able to maybe partner up with your father or somebody, somebody close by and raise some money, some OPM, other people's money. And you could utilize your credit as well. We've purchased properties with credit cards and complete all of our remodels with credit cards. We've done hard money lending with credit as well. So yeah, I, I encourage you to check out those avenues, but pick your strategy. You know, the Burr strategy is amazing. You can do a cash out refinance, have no money into it and, and uh, maybe Airbnb or something. While you live in one unit, get the best rates and make some good cash flow afterwards. So yeah, those are great ideas, especially the Airbnb model. I don't know how many people have done that. In I don't know if it's legal to do in Boston or nearby. I know there's some restrictions. It depends on what area you're in, especially in the East Coast. I know they're more strict on that kind of thing. But yeah, I think that'd be a cool model to do in Boston, something like where I'm in college, renting out, living in one unit, renting out the other and Airbnb. I don't know. I got to figure out exactly what I want to do with it. But yeah, no, those are some good ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Check with your local town, your local city and see. I'm from New Jersey originally, so... I can relate to the the small old school areas, I guess that, you know, different, different ways of things, but yeah, man, I'm excited for you. Anything that you would like to leave for any young entrepreneurs just getting started? Yeah. Well, number one, go get my books. Great piece of advice right there. People, people ask me like, Oh, Jack, like where's the number one resource, like young investors or young entrepreneurs should go like, well, that's the whole reason why I wrote the book. But seriously, like it's a great book. It's written by a teenager. There's a ton of teen entrepreneur and teen investing content out there, but very little of it is actually written by teenagers, not to mention a teenager who's got experience managing 100,000 plus in assets. So yeah, so if you're interested in learning about investing, go check out the teen investing book. If, if you're interested in entrepreneurship, go check out the teen entrepreneurship book. On the, any other last tips, I'd just say, yeah, if you're, if you're interested in making money and interested in building your portfolio at a young age, first thing you got to do is focus on entrepreneurship vending machines or whatever kind of business you want to launch, focus on building some capital and getting some capital in the beginning so that you can invest that capital. And then number two is go out and build an investment portfolio, whether you want to do it through stock market or eventually through real estate, and then uh, really start building up your investment portfolio. Those would be the two biggest pieces of advice I'd give to any young entrepreneur my age, a little bit younger, a little bit older out there. I love it. I love it. That's awesome, Jack. Well, I appreciate it, brother. It was a great interview and I uh, appreciate your time as you know, I'm, I'm sure this has motivated a ton of people. So very excited for you and your future. For everybody else, if you guys want to show some love to Jack, reach out to him, support him, get that book as well. And as always, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you get the newest notification every single Monday. Also leave a review, let us know what you guys think about it. If you want to connect with me, you can direct message us at Instagram, Brandon Elliott Investments, otherwise facebook.com forward slash Brandon Elliott Investor. If you need credit repair done for you services, then you can find us at creditrepairmobile.com. Otherwise, if you're looking to get educated on how the banks are judging you, how to play the game and of credit, of money, and financial literacy to be able to build up six figures, up to even seven figures in funding through business credit and personal, and then be able to leverage it into real estate or any type of assets like automation stores and so forth e-commerce, then what you can do is check us out at creditcounselelite.com. But until next time, guys, appreciate you guys all and see you guys next time. God bless. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit brandonelliottinvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.